Welcome back to Teaching Matters, the University of Edinburgh's hub for discussing, promoting, and showcasing teaching and learning at the university. We are a blog, website, podcast, and maybe most importantly, a small group of people passionate about providing platforms for conversations surrounding teaching and learning. This is the final episode of our Learning and Teaching Conference series. The Institute for Academic Development's own Kathy Bobel ran the conference and did an absolutely smashing job. I'll let her introduce the series. My name's Kathy Bobel. I'm a senior lecturer in student engagement based in the Institute for Academic Development. I was the lead for the University of Edinburgh's 2021 Learning and Teaching Conference, and we attracted a vast range of fantastic presentations covering work from across the university at the conference this year. And I'm delighted to say that the Teaching Matters will be highlighting many of the presentations and some of the contributors who who were sharing their work more widely at the university over the coming weeks and months. We had presentations that covered a wide range of topics, including building community, innovation in science teaching, equality, diversity, inclusion and social justice, experiential place-based and problem-based learning, assessment and feedback for the future, new lessons in digital teaching, insights from hybrid and online learning, student engagement and involvement, and interdisciplinary learning and teaching local and global challenges. So there's something there I hope for everybody in terms of the topics and the spread of great practice from across the university that colleagues are sharing. So I really encourage you to dip in to some of these contributions and I hope that you'll find something that's of interest and relevance to your practice. Today's episode features a presentation on inclusive cultures from Rachel Hunt, a lecturer in geohumanities, Claire Barnes, an interdisciplinary lecturer in sustainable livelihoods, and Gabrielle King, who spends some of her time working as a research assistant in geosciences and supporting widening participation. Rachel, Claire, and Gabrielle have been conducting research into inclusive culture in the School of Geosciences. In their presentation, They share testimonials from the students they've spoken with and provide recommendations for widening participation interventions. Personally, I love this presentation's narrative format, and it makes for an excellent podcast episode. I enjoy hearing students' different experiences, some of which have led to feelings of belonging and others which have led to feelings of exclusion. I know how important belonging is in relation to student mental health. And I'm hopeful that Rachel, Claire, and Gabrielle's research can help inform the ways we support students. Here is their presentation. Hello there. So this talk outlines the initial analysis from our Principal Teaching Award Scheme project, Inclusive Cultures. So this project is to work with students in our school, which is geosciences, to develop key interventions which might aid in the creation of a more inclusive culture. By co-developing our research with students, we are working towards Um, a more inclusive culture where students from diverse backgrounds can thrive and feel a sense of belonging. And kind of widening participation is sometimes talked about as being a really individual experience Um, but what our research and kind of the wider literature tells us and and the talk before has something brilliantly to outline as well is that it's this kaleidoscope of different things that are often structural, institutional and collective. They affect how people feel they belong as part of a university and a department. 
And so Wainwright and colleagues have thought about how experiences are assembled. And we found this idea of bringing together and connecting different parts quite a good way of holding together the spaces, the emotions, the materials, the timing and the human parts that make up daily lives and encounters for students and that play a really big role in their experiences of feeling that they belong. So we conducted this research through a questionnaire and interviews, and this is ongoing at the moment. The research received approval from the Ethics Committee of the School of Geosciences, and the questionnaire and interviews were really around helping or asking students to reflect on moments of inclusion and exclusion and their ideas about what we can do and what we can put in place to try to reduce the feelings of exclusion. So we're taking a temporal approach um, to this project, which seeks to focus on the key transition points in, in the assemblage that creates the university experience. By a su supplementing assemblage theory with an attention to time, we are paying attention to those points where the assemblage is formed, rejected, cemented um, or changed. And so in order to portray our data in a manner to you, we decided to present it creatively in the narrative form. The following story therefore takes you across the four years of the university experience through the words of our respondents. These quotes are sensitive, so we would like to kind of draw your attention to that before we come to the story. As you will see, this person um, is not singularly subjective. Their identity and their subjectivity will shift and morph as we go through the story. And the quotes appearing on slide come directly from our data. And we've merely threaded them to together for narrative effect to show you the various ways that inclusive culture is made, unmade, remade, and pseudonyms are used throughout. So I didn't go to a private school and I didn't even go to an open day and so I didn't realise that kind of my school would be an issue but I really noticed it in first year that divide between private and state and I feel like it's probably one of the most defining, defining factors you feel kind of segregated at uni and I do you know I feel uncomfortable whenever I'm going into a room surrounded by really rich people and the department has so many who went to private school and it feels really dominated by it and I feel like I can't join in conversations because they're things I've never experienced and it's, it's so wild that 7% of people in the UK went to a private school but 33% of Edinburgh Uni did. And so my first day was, was pretty daunting and mum moved me into halls and stayed with me as, as we couldn't afford a hotel um, and I hadn't realised it would seem a bit odd but it seemed like it was. And I mean I got a job straight away in, in Waitree so it was really posh. We didn't get the class timetable until really late and so it made it really difficult to plan shifts. And I sometimes miss class because of it. And I also really hated getting changed to uni into my uniform. Like I'll be there in that green polo and someone would be next to me with a Gucci handbag. But I did meet people there in the first weeks. It was quite scary but, but slowly with the odd hello at the start of the lectures, there'd be people there that I recognised. And I found one person in my halls who I walked in with. And halls were a really friendly place, so my halls was the spray house. And it was just like one big family. And it's one of those halls that's a bit further away. And so you kind of make friends through coming in together, which is nice. But not everyone from all halls did that. So loads got Ubers and I can't even fathom the cost of it. But I did get the bus sometimes, but it always took so long. And so I think in terms of first impressions of teaching it, it's pretty intimidating, especially in tutorials when they want you to speak. So someone can say something not that smart, but it just sounds so smart because of their accent. And I just thought, well, I'm not going to speak. But I'll admit, when the tutor for the tutorial is working class, they often made me feel so much more safe. And like, I didn't feel like I was going to be gawped at. And one of the most memorable things about first year was the field trip. So overnight to some place up north of here, being thrown together for a weekend meant you got to know people. But I mean, even there, there were moments where I felt like I was out of the norm. 
And so we walked into the room and one guy said, oh, it's just like boarding school here. And the others nodded. Um, and so I feel like they already know each other and that can be really daunting. In second year, I felt a bit more at home. I got to know the building. Little things like knowing the names on the doors made me start to feel like I belonged. But I have to work a part-time job because I don't have a safety net of my parents to rely upon. So in summers, and especially after I graduate, I need to have savings so I can pay my rent and bills. The uni acknowledges some of these issues, like with money and stuff. It has tried a little bit with things such as the bursary, but it also categorises students based on their parents' income. However, many people have more complicated home circumstances, like my mum's in a one-bed flat, so I can't stay at home for long. There just isn't space. I mean, often being the only black person in my accommodation and tutorial discussions makes things hard. I also don't think there's much diversity in the staff, like in terms of being taught by people of colour. I think it's really interesting and deeply problematic. But having said that, the uptake of academic staff putting their pronouns in their email signatures means I feel heard. The school being all over the place made feeling included difficult though. It was a nightmare to commute. There wasn't even like a place I got to feel comfortable in. Like I don't even know where the toilets are or anything. And then having to wait 45 minutes for the shuttle bus between buildings, that's so annoying. In third year, I got way more involved. The people you're around are a big part of belonging. And so I got involved in the staff student liaison committee and being in that developed my relationships with the staff. I'm aware that the staff that come to the SSLC are proactive. They're the ones that would probably listen anyway. A friend is on the equality and diversity group, so hopefully it'll become a bigger thing with bigger impact. There was also once this woman in academia event where they told us of their life journeys. It was great. So many talked about imposter syndrome, about students not understanding their accents and about their struggles. Hearing their stories make me feel like I should be here. But it's funny that feeling of who should be here. I think accents come into that a lot. A friend of mine was teased on a field trip for being Scottish. She said, some people can't understand her Scottish accent and that makes her feel excluded from some conversations. And it's, there aren't many Scottish students here and it's odd, especially because in geography, we learn about Scotland so much, but there's no Scottish person in the room. I'd never really thought about accents, but then again, I never thought I had a Northern accent till I came to uni. But teaching has started to make me feel involved. The Queer Geographies course is a great example of this, but it's not always like that. Frequently in class, we'll be discussing something like council estates, working class pub culture or class, and the way that my peers speak of these things as if it was an interesting object to be considered for an hour and then to go back to ignoring it is really frustrating. In fourth year, the pandemic was obviously a huge thing. It made some stuff really clear. A friend's got an email like, in our records, we don't think you can afford a laptop. I mean, it wasn't worded like that, but that's what she told me it came across as, and it was a bit like, oh, but great, they're doing it. I was at home for part of second semester this year and the internet's terrible, so I struggled to take part in group discussions. Sometimes I could barely even understand what people were saying. It's very frustrating. In some ways though, the pandemic has made me feel more included, like some of the new teaching styles, like the class where we had to do some work while walking in a group around the city. It was nice because I wouldn't necessarily expect us to sit together in a lecture, but now we're walking around and having a chat. So it made it less formal and kind of easier to mix, I guess. And little things too, ones that make a massive difference. In new courses, the lecturer will, not ask, will ask not necessarily where you're from, but where you're staying. It changes the focus of the question from who I am to where I am. I also think many courses could benefit from more diverse reading lists, no matter the topic, as I think this could help shift assumptions and expectations of what scientists look and sound like.
I mean, the teaching experience hasn't always been great this past year, despite all the work that's gone into it. Some staff were understanding, but others were like kind of treating us like we're all existing with our family, just outside of London in our steakhouse in the garden and sitting with our MacBooks and writing our essays. That's just not my life. So this slide just shows a really brief set of themes that's kind of started to develop from the research and these have led to a particular set of recommendations that Rachel's going to introduce. So our first recommendation is that widening participation interventions, the need for widening participation interventions to be measurable can sometimes be a barrier for change. By exploring the WP experience through assemblage theory, we found that it's important to change the culture for everyone in order to change the reality of a minority. Tackling the issue of culture also takes the onus off the individual, doesn't single out an individual student, and moves the responsibility for changing the culture to an institutional level. We also argue that attention to best practice may not actually always be best, or at least not the only approach to shifting something as systemic as culture. Assemblage theory teaches us to appreciate all of the factors involved, and in the case of geosciences, there are several factors which hold our school apart from others across the university. Firstly, it's a split site. It's situated over 40 minutes on foot from each other. The school is also committed to field trips, which present unique opportunities as well as problems with uh, respect to inclusivity. And thirdly, the makeup of the school is in itself diverse. The cohort of geography is vastly different from that of, say, ecology. And therefore, there's a particularity of experience which needs to be addressed. For this reason, we would suggest that some change needs to be not university level, not school level, but degree level based. Our last recommendation from these early findings is about the everyday nature of culture. Just as exclusion can be experienced through, as we've heard, a set of microaggressions, so too can small changes shift that culture. We think that some of these changes can happen within existing structures. So, for example, teaching could be improved through um, training staff and in inclusive teaching techniques. But ultimately, we need to seek to learn from one of our respondents who argued that improvements have definitely been made, but there are still major setbacks. I don't think things can get more truly inclusive until the university is proactive in addressing these issues rather than just responding to complaints. Thanks very much for listening to us today um, and for listening to the words of the students that we've been speaking to and hearing from. We'd love to discuss any aspect of what we've um, presented or wider discussions around inclusive cultures and definitely we want to, to learn from the previous presentation about working with students as we develop the interventions further. So do get in touch if you'd like to um, like to chat this through. Thanks very much. Teaching Matters is brought to you by the University of Edinburgh's Institute for Academic Development. Episodes release every Wednesday. Please follow or subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed today's episode. We'd also be delighted for you to join the conversation. Please feel free to comment on our blog or email us at teachingmatters@ed.ac.uk. Music for today's show is provided by Tune Sounds. Until next time, stay curious.